0: In the drawing room, a group of suspects gathered. The detective has solved the mystery. Ladies and gentlemen, the butler did it. (laughs) You'll never catch me. The butler darted to his getaway car. But what he didn't know is this is a Nissan sales event ad. Wait, what? And his car is no match for the detective's Nissan Rogue or its standard VC turbo engine. Save on one of your own at the Nissan Thrill of the Drive sales event.
1: Now get 0% APR financing
0: for 36 months on select models. Availability is limited. For well-qualified buyers, 0% APR financing for 36 months. Available on new 2023 Altima Rogan Pathfinder. When financed through NMAC, must take delivery from new dealer stock. 36 months financing at twenty seven seventy eight per month per thousand financed. Actual down payment may vary subject to residency restrictions and NMAC credit approval. Not all buyers qualify. Dealer contribution may affect actual price set by dealer. Contact dealer for details. Offer ends to 28 I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for work.
1: I just came to get something to eat.
0: Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? Explain to me. No, you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's It's not. It's an illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Pizza we have tonight. Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. Joseph Lewis Roisman. It's a case of a predator I caught that has always fascinated me for a lot of reasons. I mean, they're all very fascinating. I I say that in every episode, basically. But Roisman was a young guy in the Navy who showed up in our investigation in Petaluma, California. In 2006, late summer 2006. And when people ask me if there was ever a time when I feared for my physical safety, not because somebody had a weapon, but a moment when it appeared that one of the predators I've caught could come after me, was menacing in his physical stature and behavior. I always point to Royceman. And I'll explain in a minute. But Royceman, at 21, as you would expect from somebody in the Navy, was in very good physical condition, muscular. And how did I know this? Well, as we tell the story here, you'll find out that he was the fellow who was so excited that he was going to meet this 13-year-old girl. There was a hot tub. Drinks were available outside at the bar. He took his shirt off almost immediately. So you could see how built he was. And he had pecs and guns. And and when he came in, and we'll play some audio for you in a minute, he was really, really excited. You could tell to meet this girl. And when she talked about the hot tub, he said he didn't bring a bathing suit. And she said, well, you're not going to need one. And then the shirt came off. And so he continues to walk around. In the back patio of this house in Petaluma. And it was a beautiful home. I've talked about it before. Upper middle class neighborhood, Sonoma County. And he runs into me. And I come very close to him. And you can see in the video that I'm tucked in behind a fake wall with the crew. And I've got monitors there in another part of the patio. And Ron Knight, my security man, is there with me. And you can see the shot of me, you know, kind of having to squeeze by Ron to get out to do the confrontation with Joseph Hoistman. And he's walking my way, so we come very close. And there he is, naked to the waist. And he looks at me, and it's hard to tell on camera, but it's, it's an experience that I'll never forget. His whole body tenses up. And my sense at the moment was, this guy is going to haul off and hit me. And, you know, I'm pretty physically fit. And this was 16 years ago. Pretty fast, I think. But I was ready to evade a punch. And Ronnie was still hiding behind that wall. And I wasn't sure where I was going to go if he took a swing at me, Roisman. But I knew Ronnie would be out there quickly. I tell him, Roisman, that he's got to have a seat at the bar set up in the backyard. And I see his shoulders relax. Almost as if he is giving up on any thought of resisting, fighting, or attacking. me. And he does basically what I say. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here. So, Roisman was in the Navy, as I mentioned, 21 years old, and he had been chatting online with a decoy from Perverted Justice, posing as a 13-year-old girl named Tori. Now, if you'll remember, in, in last week, we talked about Jaswinder Chima, who now goes by Jesse Singh. He was another predator icon in Petaluma, California, altogether 28 men surfaced in that investigation. We had Maurice Wolin, the doctor. We had the Navy man, Roisman, and all kinds of fellows in between. Roisman's chat was graphic. Maybe not the most graphic or disgusting that I've ever read, but it was graphic. And to me, there was no doubt in terms of his intent And it's not just my judgment in these investigations. It's not just my call. The Petaluma Police Department reviews the transcripts provided to them by perverted justice. The prosecutor's office reviews to make sure that they have a strong case. And there's a threshold that these transcripts have to meet. And perverted justice at the time was well aware of this threshold of being careful not to make the first contact in a chat room of not raising the specter of sex before the potential predator raises it. And perverted justice did a great job, I think. But there were critics of these investigations, and a lot of them came out during the court case of Joseph Goisman, and I'll get into that in a minute. So. Royceman is online, in a chat room, talking to somebody he knows very well, and he admits this later, is a 13-year-old girl. And not only does he talk about oral sex, he talks specifically about being shaved, saying quote, well, I'm completely shaved. What girl wants a pube in her mouth, right? Right. And the decoy plays along. And then he asks the decoy, what's the oldest guy you've been with? So not only in that statement does he admit that she's underage, that he believes she's underage, he'll deny that later, that trial. But there's very much a discussion about sex. What girl wants a pube in her mouth, right? meaning pubic hair clearly implying oral sex Now this chat between Royceman and the decoy only goes on for one day one day and Royceman decides to come over Nobody induced him to come over he decides to come over he later tells me and he tells the detective who interviews him that he never did this before. Mm, We'll see. We have no evidence he didn't get arrested for doing this before. Maybe it was his first time, but there wasn't a situation where somebody reeled him in and dragged him in and created a environment of entrapment, as would later be claimed. It just didn't happen that way. So, Roisman, who was in the Navy at the time, gets on a bus in San Clemente, California, and makes a five-hour trip on a bus to a bus station, not far from the Predator House in Petaluma, and then takes a cab to the Sting location, to the Sting house. And we know he's coming. And I'm going to play some of that audio here of Frag from Perverted Justice, alerting everybody that James Lewis Roisman is here. Joseph Lewis Roisman took a bus, a cab, and here he is. Roisman is dropped off by the cab on the street in front of our Stinghouse. And what was always interesting to me, and especially going back years later, looking at the video, he's got a duffel bag with him. He runs. He doesn't want anybody to see that he's coming to visit someone he thinks is a 13-year-old girl. And remember that. Remember his behavior, because this will become very significant as I explain what happened in his trial. He bolts He runs right up the driveway, runs through the garage. I mean, he's in a hurry. And remember, he was only online with this girl for one day and made a commitment, not meet me halfway, not let's go out on a date, even though that would have been wrong, clearly with a 13-year-old girl. He takes a bus for five hours and then a cab, and he runs up the driveway goes through the garage, and here he is in our backyard. And the on-site decoy, an 18-year-old who looked much younger, posing as the 13-year-old Tori, says something to the effect of, I'm so glad you made it. Take a listen.
1: So glad you made it. Have a seat. I made some frozen lemonade. Very cool. Yeah, you like lemonade? I do.
0: Now, remember in that scene we had the bar set up in the backyard, in the back patio of the house in Petaluma. And you could walk right through the garage and through another doorway onto the patio. And we did that for a couple of different reasons. One, you know, it was a beautiful time of the year in Petaluma. We could work outside, and it gave us a different look. And the decoy prepared some frozen lemonade, as you heard her say. And he says, very cool. He's excited. He's made it all the way to this meeting where he knows a 13-year-old girl is waiting. Again, remember, he talks about being shaved and says what girl wants to have a dick in her mouth when a guy isn't shaved. And in the chat, the decoy says, I know I don't want pubic hair in my mouth, basically, is what the chat was. And he says, well, you won't have to worry about that. So right there, he's inferring, implying, suggesting that he's interested in having oral sex with a 13-year-old girl. And now they're face-to-face. Now, the onside decoy is not going to spend a great deal of time there. She comes up with a reason to leave, which is that she's going to change into her bikini. But she's got the hot tub on. She welcomes him to have the frozen lemonade. And off she goes. Take a listen. Guess what? I want to change my suit. Does that sound good to you? That really sounds good. I don't have a suit, though. That's okay. You don't really need one. He says, and you heard it there, that sounds really good when she says she's going to change into her suit but then he says i don't have a suit and the decoy infers that he won't need one
1: yeah. yeah jump in it's really warm i've turned it on a couple hours ago sweet
0: good deal she reiterates that she's had the hot tub on a couple of hours and it should be warmed up what is he saying not Hey, are you really 13? I'm concerned about this. Not, maybe we should talk first. I I need to figure out what the appropriate thing to do is here. No, he does none of that. He doesn't even show any hesitation. He's going to go for it. He takes off his T-shirt, and as he does, he says, Sweet. And now he's standing in our backyard, shirtless. Now, he's going to start looking around for the onside decoy. And I move in because if I don't, we're going to lose control of the situation. And he's got his hands in his pocket. And I mentioned before that this is a pretty tense situation. He looked to me like he might try something. Keep your hands on your pockets for me. Okay. okay. Now, I want you to go sit down over on the other side of the bar, please. Right next to all. At this point, he's compliant. I'm sure his mind is going a million miles an hour. Who am I? More about this predator I've caught in a moment. I had a very close relationship with my father. In the last few years of his life, we spoke virtually every day. We used to joke and call it our morning meeting. Sadly, my dad passed away several years ago, and... It brings to mind the importance of creating a history. And that's why you should think about getting your father StoryWorth. How many stories are there about your dad that you don't know about? Stories you would like to hear from him to keep for posterity. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your dad or father figure And I am lucky to have many of those. Connect through sharing stories and memories, and it preserves them for years to come. Every week, StoryWorth emails your dad or your father figure a thought-provoking question of your choice from a vast pool of possible options. Each unique prompt asks questions you've never thought of, like, what is one of your fondest childhood memories? Or have you ever feared for your life? After one year, StoryWorth compiles all those questions and stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book the whole family can share for generations. Give all the fathers in your life a meaningful gift you can both cherish for years to come. StoryWorth. Right now, for a limited time, you can save $10 on your first purchase when you go to StoryWorth.com hansen that's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash Hanson to save $10 on your first purchase. StoryWorth.com slash Hanson. Now, again in 2006, the To Catch a Predator franchise had gotten pretty well known. In last week's episode, Jeswinder Chima recognized me and told me that he had seen the show, referenced that he knew all about the show in his interview with the detectives, said, ask Chris. You know, I knew what this was. I didn't do anything wrong. Now, there is no indication with Joseph Roisman that he knew what was going on. He didn't know whether there was a cop, the man dead, but he did know he was in trouble. So he, at this point, is compliant, as I mentioned. He goes to the bar, I tell him to have a seat. He does so. And I tell him, why don't you put your shirt back on? And he does that, too. He is articulate. Respectful, even. And he's starting to spin his story now. I ask him what his plan was. What was your plan? I don't know. Talk. Talk? Be friends? friends. Yeah. As long as we're friends, that's fine. As long as I don't, you know, cross that line. Talk and be friends. Everything's cool as long as I don't cross that line. He crossed that line in the chat. He crossed that line when he got on a bus... and made the five-hour trip to get there. And he crossed the line when he walked into our sting operation... and took his shirt off... excited that he was going to get into a hot tub... with a 13-year-old girl... with whom, as far as he knows... He's already discussed online about having oral sex with this girl. Then I start to read back from the chat log. And it wasn't just about the oral sex. And he admits, and you'll hear this here, that there was talk about oral sex. Right there, that's a felony with a minor. And he also talks about wanting to wrestle her so freaking badly, wanting her body on top of him. But you, you talked about having sex with her in the chat. We did discuss oral sex, but I want to wrestle you so freaking bad. Wrestle me. I'd let you in just so I could feel you on top of me. Blanket. I want to see you so bad. Honest mistake. Honest mistake. Honest mistake. How is that an honest mistake? For Joseph Roisman, Roisman Two Thousand was his screen name. Screen name probably should have been Seaman for others. Might have been more appropriate. And now he's trying to be forceful in his excuse, trying to state his case. Honest mistake. Honest mistake. Yes, my first time doing this. First time. First time. Honest mistake first time and then I ask him the question everybody's waiting for which is you would have had sex with her right had she allowed it if she would have let you you would have had sex with the girl what's her no? do you know that it's illegal to solicit someone who's underage online for sex yes but it seems as though that is what you did here I mean, you could see how someone would draw that conclusion. Yes. Okay. He denies he would have had sex with this girl in this instance. But he admits that it looks pretty bad for him. But he admits that it looks pretty bad. Damn it. And now it seems like he just wants to get this over with. Well, there's something you got to know. And that is, I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC. And we're doing a story on adults who try to meet teens online for sex. No, there's nothing else for me to say. Thank you very much. He says, thank you very much. Almost in a professional manner. And then he reaches across and shakes my hand, says, thank you very much. You can see the military training and discipline. Even though here's a guy who's you know, here to have sex with a 13 year old girl, based upon the transcripts. And off he goes. Now, his long journey is just getting started because as he leaves, he's arrested by the Petaluma Police Department. Police Department, hands up! help, help! He offers no resistance. He's taken to the booking station and photographed, and he's interviewed by detectives. Now, listen to what he says here, because it's adding up, based on my experience, to be a pretty strong case against Joseph Roisman, and the detective is not buying his excuses. Did you know the um, girl was 13 when you first started talking to her? Okay, there you go. Did you know this girl was 13 when you first started talking to her? Yes. Did you guys talk about the possibility of her giving you a... You were talking to her on the internet? I mentioned oral sex, yes. Did you talk about the possibility of her giving you a blowjob? He says, I mentioned oral sex, yes. What more do you need? You've got the transcripts. You've got what he said to me you've got what he said to the detective. Which would lead a reasonable person to to believe that that might have been in the back of your mind. Oh, yeah, it was definitely in the back of my mind. Oh, yeah, it was definitely in the back of my mind. Is that intent? Sure seems like that was intent. If you tell a detective that an act was in the back of your mind, that's intent. Or certainly could be construed that way. So, what would have prevented that from happening if there hadn't been someone there to intervene? Self control. Then the detective asks, and you heard this, what would have been in place to keep him from acting out and actually having oral sex with a 13 year old girl if somebody else hadn't been there? That somebody else being me and all the detectives and the police officers. He says, self control. Well, where was the self control when he had the chat? online talked about being shaved talked about oral sex talked about wrestling where was the self-control when he got on a bus for five hours and then jumped in a cab and then ran up the driveway through the garage where was the self-control when he took his t-shirt off and said sweet when he was going to get in the hot tub Where was the self-control when he started to look around to see where the on-site decoy was and he ran into me? Seems to me the only self-control he had was when he didn't haul off and hit me when we came face-to-face, for which I'm grateful. The interrogation continues between the detective and Royceman. And over and over again, he claims that he would have not Consummated a sexual act with a girl, but then he finally does admit this. Yes, I, I would have. I would have liked to. Yes, nothing more. No, no, no. He admits that he, in fact, would have liked to have oral sex with a girl. Yes, but nothing more. Like that's okay with a thirteen-year-old. Roisman was one of three military guys who surfaced in our investigation. And we tend to see this, you know, if we're in an area that is populated with a certain profession, obviously you're gonna see guys from that profession. Same with the military, we saw it in Georgia. So Roisman is arrested and charged. And in many of these cases, There are plea bargains because the evidence is strong. And in many of the investigations, defense counsel figures, all right, if we can get one of the charges tossed, the guy can do his six months, 18 months, two years, depending on the facts of the case, depending on his background, and move on. Take the registered sex offender status and try to put this guy's life back together. Royceman and his mom who was quoted during his court case. Decide to fight like hell. They take this case to trial. And Royceman's lawyer argues essentially that this was entrapment. That without this investigation his client would not have attempted to have sex with a 13 year old girl and after a number of days of testimony the judge in the case dismisses the charges against Joseph Reisman and there's all kinds of talk about perverted justice and Dateline's investigative techniques there's talk of entrapment And remember, this is 2011, by the time Roisman's case is dismissed. It's the only case where this has happened. We've had cases where guys have surfaced in our investigations and they've not been prosecuted earlier on in Texas, where the controversial suicide took place. But for every other case that's been prosecuted, there has been a no contest plea, a guilty plea, a conviction by a judge or jury. Only Joseph Roisman had the charges against him dismissed at trial by a judge. And Roisman's mother at the time also threatened to sue NBC for $100,000, claiming that $100,000 is what the family spent on his defense. And so he walks the other two cases that were fought aggressively, Maurice Wolan and Jasmine Gertima, who we discussed last week, they ultimately pleaded because they took their cases as far as they could go. Wolin spent an estimated million dollars on his defense and publicity, trying to sway people, public opinion that he was set up, and it didn't work. But Royceman got away with it. And I think, and again, I'm not pretending to understand what was in the judge's mind. I disagree with the decision. But this came at a time when there had been a little bit of a backlash on the Predator investigations. It had gotten a lot of attention in pop culture. Television shows had done parodies. I had done cameo appearances in a lot of different shows. There was obviously an element of humor in some of this. I mean, Insane Clown Posse did it to catch a predator song, right? And I didn't have an issue with any of this, South Park or anything else, because in my mind, if people wanted to poke fun at me or to satirize me or these investigations, it was okay with me because it brought attention to a very serious subject, which is predators going after kids online. And by the way, this problem has only intensified in the last few years. We just did another investigation, as you know, because I've talked about it here, in Michigan. A police officer. An executive with a major company. There are more places for predators to approach kids today than ever before. Okay, we know that. More about this predator I've caught in a moment life can be overwhelming and many people are just plain burned out without even knowing it symptoms can include lack of motivation feeling helpless or trapped detachment fatigue and so much more i know sometimes that because of the dark material i cover i can feel some of those symptoms and i know when it's time to take a break and talk to somebody about those feelings and the symptoms. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in less than 48 hours. Predators I've caught with Chris Hansen listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com. That's betterhelp.com slash Hanson. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Hanson. Back to Roisman. So the judge called into question perverted justice's techniques. Again, these were reviewed by the prosecutor's office, by the police. There was a threshold. But I think Roisman benefited from a little bit of backlash, a little bit of feeling in some sectors of the legal community that to catch a predator was the tail wagging the dog, that we were running the show. And in reality, it was a collaboration. And there were a lot of convictions. A lot of bad guys got taken off the streets. A lot of bad guys had to register as sex offenders. Hundreds. A lot of predators sought help and treatment and turned their lives around. So, Joseph Roisman gets a break. And people pick up on this story. You know, judge calls into question dateline tactics, perverted justice. But you want to know who saw right through all that? The U.S. Navy. After a detailed investigation of Joseph Roisman, what did the Navy do? Dishonorably discharged Roisman. It thoroughly investigated the case, and he was discharged. So Roisman's no longer in the Navy. He was 21 at the time he was arrested. In the investigation, five years later, 25, 26 years old, what does he do? Does he go get a job? Does he turn his life around? Does he become an advocate, claiming that these sort of sting operations are illegal entrapment? No. In January of 2013... He's arrested by the Watsonville Police Department in Santa Cruz, California for attempted rape, lewd conduct, indecent exposure. The alleged victim, a 50-year-old woman. It appears from the court documents we've been able to obtain that there was a combination plea agreement that Royceman reached in this case, some of the counts were dropped and he pleaded to some of the lesser counts and he went to jail. But again, this was not Royceman's last dance with the criminal justice system because he was arrested again involving a case where he was allegedly driving a stolen vehicle. There was a robbery case after that. Now, if you look at his mugshot, he's got a tattoo across his neck that says trouble. So he's not only been in and out of the county jail, he's done state time, according to these documents. And he's had a litany of traffic violations, which have constituted parole violations. In fact, he's due in court This very week, I'd like to reach out to Joseph Roisman. I have a feeling that he would probably blame his notoriety and the To Catch a Predator investigation with some of his troubles over the last decade, but I find that hard to believe. I think it's more likely that he was a guy willing to assault a 13-year-old girl commit statutory rape and that this pattern of behavior manifested itself years later in watsonville
1: california
0: we'll continue to follow this story and we will let you know if joseph lewis Voisman decides to talk as you know i like to hear from you and i read and listen to all the comments This week's question is from Forklift Jones.
1: Good afternoon, Chris. My name is Forklift. First, I just want to thank you for everything you've done with the Predator series. Your work is amazing. I wish you were around when I was younger talking to creeps on the internet and stop me from doing that, but that's a whole different story. My question comes from the Conrad podcast. Listening to that kind of makes you upset because it seems like everybody was trying to protect this pervert instead of, you know, helping the true victims here or the potential victims. Do you feel that some law enforcement agencies and attorneys are more so focused on protecting, like, well-connected predators rather than focusing on getting these guys off the streets? Like, I know you mentioned that you couldn't really get further into the Epstein case because there were so many walls where some of those walls people protected him. Is that something that you see now? Do you think that that's going to be something that you deal with with the new series coming out and if you do how will you handle that how do you stay away from that that's just my question how do you deal with you know people in high places protecting perverts in high places thank you for everything you do and have a great day
0: thank you forklift jones i appreciate it and it's a great question speaking of the conrad episode yes i think there were people trying to protect bill conrad there were people who legitimately thought that he fell into a trap, that he was a gay man who didn't feel that he could come out and was frustrated. And that while he said and did illegal things online, that he never showed up, and so he should get a break of some sort. But I think there was more than that in the Conrad case, and we talked about that with the former police officer and Murphy, who was involved in the investigation. Conrad's computer, when it was examined by the Texas Rangers, had multiple images of child pornography. But it also had evidence of wrongdoing by Conrad's boss, who was the elected prosecutor of that county. Illegal activity for which he did federal time. So I think there was a whole lot of covering up in the Conrad case. But I think... In the vast majority of cases, my experience has been that people want justice, people want to protect children, people will expose predators in high places. I think Conrad is the exception. You mentioned the Epstein case. That really wasn't because, at least in my experience, people were trying to cover up for him or deflect me from the investigation. It was more of a difficult challenge to create the sort of sting operation I wanted to create because of the physical layout of Epstein's properties. And again, the lesson there is that there are multiple ways to go about investigations and not every one of them has to be a sting And the reason why Epstein did ultimately face justice was because of a reporter in Miami, Julie K. Brown with the Miami Herald, who kept digging away at this story day after day after day and gained the confidence of some of Epstein's victims who spoke out publicly. And because of their bravery, Epstein was prosecuted. Ghislaine Maxwell was prosecuted. I've learned a lot of lessons from the Epstein case and all the predator cases I've done and continue to do. And it makes me a better reporter, a better fact finder. And we will continue to do this kind of work. But I appreciate that question and it's a very good one. We have a lot of exciting projects in the works, most notably for True Blue our new crime streaming network that's going to premiere in the fall. Keep track of all that by visiting WatchTrueBlue.com. You can catch me on the YouTube channel. We have a sampling of one of the new predator investigations there. The police officer, Todd Barocco. Oh, and one other thing I wanted to mention before we go this week. Talking about people who've been busted, you may recall... Last summer, there was an incident where a corrections officer who had been caught in a sting in Michigan, Michael Lott, his lawyer requested from me videotapes of the sting operation, most of which we turned over. He claimed later that he didn't get everything, and there was a big to do in Shiawassee County, Michigan, over providing the tapes and showing up at a hearing. Anyway, it all got resolved. But I thought you would like to know that Michael Lott pleaded guilty to some of the charges stemming from that investigation and is going to be sentenced in the near future. The charge to which he pleaded carries a maximum 20-year sentence. We're going to have a crew at that sentence, hey? Keep an eye on that and all the others. I'll keep you posted. In the meantime, you can also find me on Discovery+. Plus, As I mentioned, the YouTube channel, Have a See With Chris Hansen, and on Cameo. You can always reach me at chris at com. I'll be watching and listening.